Welcome to Mystical Musings, December 7th, 2014, here in the library of the Colorado Heights University, beaming out from the highest place in the Mile High City with Myron McClellan and myself, Lawrence Phillips. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are, are non-sectarian, non-denominational, and non-doctrinaire, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America. Thank you for joining us today, for creating our community of mystics, people finding unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As a community of mystics who know beyond the intellect, spiritual apprehension of truths. I am because we are. I am because we are one, celebrating body and spirit. Appropriate for mystics of all faiths, with this musing, we are grateful to our Christian and Jewish and Buddhist members who join us today along with people of other religious and non-religious backgrounds and practices. Focusing on the miracle of the word becoming flesh, we speak today about the sacred alchemy in the context of our present day evolution. We suggest simple practices to achieve that alchemy using the example of the Christmas story. Our contemplation will synchronize with the themes we have been focusing on for the last few musings and lead us deeper to a deeper understanding of the incarnating of the spirit. Our musing celebrates the joyous news Jesus of Nazareth brought to us of love and the possibility of the sacred transformation into oneness. And so we begin where we often complete, placing our hands over our hearts Left hand closer for those of you who are right-handed and for those of you who are left-handed reverse. Noticing the rise and the fall of the breathing. Noticing our own heartbeat. feeling our own heartbeat coming into rhythm with our breathing, with the inhaling of so many beats and the exhaling of so many beats. The numbers are up to you. 
I like to have four beats in and four beats out. You do as you'd like. Finding a rhythmic harmony with our own breathing. A fundamental measure of our own spiritual ripeness. Readiness for encountering our own wholeness, our holiness, our own heart. Opening a channel for any part of our being that feels the need for more strength and abundance. Affirming that simply taking a moment to come back into rhythm is a first step toward being in rhythm with our sacred purpose in life, the source of all our power. And feel free to let your hands remain as they are or to come down, whatever you would like. Feel free during this musing today to come back into this pose and reconnect with breathing and heart at any time. Today, I weave an experiential tapestry with deep-hued strands from Neil Douglas Klotz, offering us the wisdom of the heart from the Aramaic words of Jesus in his book called Blessings of the Cosmos, as well as the book by Michael Brown, also the author of Presence Process, going to the heart of how real transformation takes place, entitled Alchemy of the Heart. A majority of Christians are much more interested in spirituality, religious experience, than they are in creeds or theological concepts. Those who find a friend in Jesus are much more interested in how he prayed and what he did in the world than in a catalog of beliefs about the virgin birth, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. Our interest is how each person can become a son or daughter of God, living as Jesus did in wisdom and compassion. Looking at the so-called apocalyptic sayings of Jesus, those predicting the end times, and finding, curiously, from an Aramaic standpoint, not an obsession with endings, but with creative beginnings. Jesus' experience was not apocalypse now, but rather Genesis now. What follows with the unfolding of our mystic Christmas is an adaptation to an interweaving of an experiential tapestry of alchemy, Yeshua, Lawrence, and Cosmos. I am always traveling toward and with the Holy One, says Yeshua, the Aramaic term for Jesus. My heart of hearts is always traveling toward and with the Holy One. I am always traveling toward and with the Holy One. Letting the light of our being shine. The consciousness of knowing our real self, radiating and illuminating all of us here today and beyond, as well as the community of voices within. Seeing and feeling our atmosphere of ripeness acting at the right time and right place. Ripeness 
reconnecting in praise to the song and harmony of the parent of all, the nurturing force that recreates the cosmos each moment, an unfolding universe of sound and vibration and light. What we know in our heart of hearts, our being, the fullest sense of ourself, the unifying element of the psyches that allows us to say, I am. In Aramaic, God is a process of cosmic divine creation started in the beginning and continuing through to this present moment. Remembering our connection with the whole of creation, allowing our personal I am to connect with the sacred I am, allowing ourselves to shine, reminding those around us subconsciously that there is a greater reality to which we are all connected, blessing our inner self, the inner community of voices, who are sometimes feeling the weakness and fragility of human life, allowing our connection with the divine to pour through us, through our hearts, right now, allowing these voices in the shadow to be illuminated and feel a more expanded, connected sense of our divine human selves, the individual I am, contacting the divine I am. The alchemy of the heart is secular Yeshua work without the religiosity. Alchemy is the mysticism of the heart, the felt spirituality of this present moment. This seemingly terrifying moment in which our species appears to be floundering in the edge of a chaotic abyss is a turning point. We are in the midst of a planetary rite of passage which is inviting us into the authentic embrace of personal responsibility. The gift of this invitation is a relationship with life reborn. We are still trying to do mentally and physically what only the heart can accomplish. We are still trying to do collectively what can only be accomplished individually. We are still trying to feel better when we are now being asked to get better at feeling. We are developing our observer, the part of us that is always whole and untouched by any physical, mental, or emotional experience. The more we identify with this whole part of ourselves, the more integrated and whole we feel. Yeshua is wholeness incarnate. This part of us is holy. Holiness is simply wholeness. Yeshua is in each of our hearts. We automatically enter a conversation with the unspeakable when we embrace our wholeness. Such an encounter is holy. By consciously connecting our breathing at random moments, we deliberately activate increased presence awareness. For every second we are consciously connecting our breathing, we're deliberately anchoring our awareness in the body and therefore in the present moment and therefore to the wholeness of this moment, to the holy, to our heart, to God, to Yeshua, our most deep part of ourselves. 
The bottom line is that it is our heart that feels. Our spirituality is our conscious and consistent response to our heart. A blessed Christmas time to each of you, for all of us, and out to the whole world. Christmas blessings. like to welcome all of you today. It's just so wonderful to look out at these auras that are totally shining and these faces that are totally smiling. It's an inspiration. And I want to thank you profoundly 
for the prayers that you have sent me this month. It has been remarkable. I feel them, and they touch me at such a deep level. And they also helped my eyes heal beyond anything the doctors, at least, could imagine. So, legally blind in my left eye for many years, and I still, and I now have 2080 in the left eye, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> and um, I can even drive at night. So, it's like rebirth for us. That's our Christmas miracle. And we know that you all had a part of that, part in that, and we couldn't be more grateful. So, thank you. Each Christmas when we meet, I like to play a song that is an African-American Christmas carol spiritual. And it's called Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And the words are, Sweet Little Jesus Boy, born in a manger, sweet little holy child, and we didn't know who you was. Didn't know you came to save us, Lord, to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind, we couldn't see, and we didn't know who you was. The world treats me mean, Lord, treats you mean too. But that's how things are down here. And we didn't know who you was.
It's... <clears throat> it has been a miracle that has been quite wonderful to experience. We were, I'm sorry, we were preparing ourselves to simply adapt, putting in railings into the garden, letting, letting Myron's hand be on my shoulder as we would go into the symphony. And with the extraordinarily timely intervention of our dear friend Victoria, who prevailed over the other doctors who said, no, you can't do this. She said, yes, you can. <sighs> Tis like a new lease on life, a wonderful, wonderful Christmas gift. Unexpected and miraculous. And wonderful to share with you. Ah. This is somewhat of an awkward segue, however. <laughs> From the economist. <laughs> the world in 2015 comes this month's candidate for incipient evidence for mass positive transformation. I warned you. <laughs> and that is the fight globally to save children's lives. With 2015 potentiating for the world's children, mass positive transformation unlike any prior year in world history. There is that highly potentiated nodal point in unfolding human history when determined coordination of a small group of people toward a particular goal sparks an awakening of a mass of people toward demanding change. Examples include the beginning of the, in the mid-1950s of civil rights legislation that within 10 years yielded historic legislation. This transformational mass phenomenon happened again with apartheid being vanquished in the 1980s. Transformation again happened in the same decade with the fall of Soviet communism. And transformation yet again with the remarkable, amazing spread of gay rights and marriage movements at our present time. All these extraordinary transformations upholding the great anthropologist Margaret Mead's observation about the huge leveraging potential of small groups. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. In this Economist article, Bill Gates talks about great expectations, as it is the best of times and the worst of times. The great expectations of the coming year showing clearly the extraordinary record of progress of saving children worldwide. While we still have a very long way to go, great strides have been happening. Children in poor countries 
have a likelihood of dying at a rate of 10 to 25 times higher just because of where they're born. These deaths are preventable. The urgency of the situation is becoming a global moral imperative. In the past 25 years, the number of children who die has dropped by half to just over 6 million. The percentage of very poor people in the world has been cut by more than half since 1990. In 2000, the countries of the world came together to agree upon a set of clear goals for development for the first time, envisioning a world that by 2015 would have far fewer people in poverty, succeeding in part because of that common sets, set of expectations. This same meeting will reconvene in 2015 to agree on the next set of goals with a real chance at setting the foundation for all individuals and nations to become self-sufficient. In this time of the Christmas season with the birthing of the Christ child in history and the ongoing Yeshua birthing in our mystic hearts, with Jesus and Yeshua and the children being such a great spirit meme, that children the world over are being saved at a rate unheard of in human history with the promise of more progress and even transformation to come. The fight to globally save children is this month's incipient evidence for mass positive transformation. This picture comes from our garden, lit at night by a solar rock. This year we put in a wonderful statuary of Jesus and the children. And I thought when I was taking the picture that there was no way that it could possibly come through. And yet, when I saw it the next day, I realized, oh my goodness, it is like an apparition yeah. come to us. Yeah. Christmas blessings, Christmas blessings. Christmas blessings. Oh, I'm leaving out one little part. <laughs> Christmas blessings anyway. <laughs> um, would you explore for just a moment, maybe again with your hands over your heart if you wish, that taking a deep breath and on the exhale, with a count of two for each um, syllable is Alleluia. 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 our hearts, even as our eyes are open, breathing in and out of our hearts, feeling the heart become more vibrant. Feeling the vibrancy of the heart, the enlarging vibrancy of the heart, more capable of feeling 
all the feelings and thoughts and impressions with love and respect, whether light or dark. Feeling breath spiraling deeper and deeper within, including more and more of our inner self and all the voices within. Sometimes we're needing the gentle, indirect way of spiraling in. And sometimes we're ready for the direct way of love and passion, flying directly home to the nest. Just breathing a bit longer with feelings of expansion and love and respect in our hearts. Feeling the potential for heart to move toward a goal with passion and energy. Feeling breath bringing our whole self together in completeness, allowing us to move ahead like a dove flying home to the nest. Sometimes we are needing the gentle, indirect way of spiraling, and sometimes we're ready for the direct way of love and passion, flying directly home to the nest. Would you please rise and sing together, Angels We've Heard on High?
when this great master came into the world, he came in with a different message than any of the other avatars who preceded him. And the message was to live from our hearts and not from our minds. And in those days in Palestine, you studied the Torah, you read the prophets. It was a very intellectual religion. And then what Yeshua or Jesus said was, forget about the law, forget about the Torah, forget about the prophets. Instead, this commandment I give you, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. On this rests all the laws and prophets. Jesus was the first one to introduce a personal God. Buddhism doesn't have a God. I mean, it has lots of gods, but it doesn't, it's not theistic. And Judaism, the God of Judaism is the tribal God. He's the one with the chosen people. And you respond to him through the tribe. So this was radically new. And imagine the charisma he must have had to bring us here today, even knowing that the only way really of joy and ease is to live from our hearts. Living from our hearts is the easiest path we can take. When we are thinking about something or someone and our judgmental mind comes up, we just send that person love and the judgment goes away. So that's what we celebrate today is the birth of love consciousness. Now, was it there before? Of course. We're human beings. So we love. And there are lots of examples of that in the Old Testament. And in fact, that threefold uh, love commandment that I just gave you is quoting the book of Deuteronomy. It's in the Torah. But it didn't spread. So I want to look now at the birth stories in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called Synoptic Gospels because it's a synopsis of Jesus's life, as opposed to the Gospel of John, which is not interested in that. But these were Hebraic. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were Hebraic. And so God operates through history, so you give history. So they went all the way back to Jesus's forefathers, many generations back. Gospel of John is influenced by Hellenistic thought and is really more mystical and allegorical. So I want to talk about the synoptic gospel, and then I want to talk about the prelude to the Gospel of John. So I would call the Christmas story a myth. Now, 
by myth, I do not mean something false or something we thought was true and then was proven false. That's a modern usage. But biblically, when we speak about a myth, we talk about a teaching tale and a story that can be told and understood different ways through the centuries. In other words, it opens us up to continued revelation, to being able to read the birth story in the context of our day. So each year I do that. And I've emphasized in some years the wonder of the fact that the spirit comes into the flesh and how that really how that really magnifies the flesh and certifies it and says this is very important and this is sacred also. When I was looking at the birth stories this time it was something else that struck me in the context of how we are evolving where we're going in our spiritual lives. So remember, Jesus is born in a manger, in a hay manger. And there are shepherds who come. There are kings who come. The magi are kings, wise men, and they came from the east. There were animals there, there were sheep and cattle. And in the gifts of the kings, in the gifts of the magi, were minerals, gold, myrrh. And so what struck me this time was the fact that every kingdom is included. The animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, the mineral kingdom, and the human kingdom. And Jesus is coming to all of those, all of those kingdoms, and saying in that story, as we demythologize it, saying that everything incarnates the Christ. Everything incarnates the Christ. Now, we have been talking about how the body is sacred. And we often talk about the higher mind and refined emotions. But what is the higher body? The higher body is everyone together. We are the higher body. And everyone and everything on earth is the higher body and everything is incarnate with the Christ spirit. Everything. Now, when I think of my higher body being one of all the higher bodies on the planet of humanity, of the animal kingdom, mineral kingdom, plant kingdom. And I think about that as my higher body. I get this felt perception of belonging. This 
felt perception of oneness, this felt perception of connection. And every time I thought about this, something in me so deeply relaxed and also something in me was deeply joyful. We are all the Christ incarnate. And so is everyone else. And so is everything else. And that's the great news. That is the great news, which can be a tremendous comfort to us. Now, the prelude to the Gospel of John, not interested in that birth story. It's the only Gospel that doesn't have the birth story. But the prelude to the Gospel of John says this. In the beginning was the Word. And that's interpreted to mean the Christ, Christ consciousness. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So from the beginning, from the very beginning of creation, creation is created through the word or through the Christ consciousness. What Yeshua did was really bring that to our attention and bring support, spiritual support for that. So Jesus didn't teach just with words or miracles or parables, but with his own life and with his own energy and his own joy. You can imagine how his joy was overflowing as he knew I and the Father are one. We and the Father are one. We are one with the Father and the Mother of creation. And that oneness is a thrill to experience because it takes us down in to the deepest core of our being, feeling that oneness. And when we go to the core of the being from our heart, feeling that, we are also at the heart of truth. We are at the heart of truth. Because the real truth is not found in the law and the prophets. The real truth is found in love and in oneness. And so that's my take on the Christmas story. And I know that other people have much more literal interpretations of it, and that's fine. There's no bad interpretation of that that I know of. We just interpret it not only according to our times, but according to our hearts and according to who we are. So God bless all Christians. God bless all Jews. God bless all, all. So, yeah, so thank you, Sally. Right, God bless all. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy Rebirth and happy recommitment to the life of love.
Your love really has saved me. Namaste. Allowing the sacred light of our being to illuminate all our communities inside and out. Breathing a little more fully, a little bit longer. Breath spiraling deeper and deeper, including more and more of our inner selves. Breathing with a feeling of expansion, love, and respect in our hearts. Feeling a connection between our heartbeat and the heartbeat of the divine. Strengthening the connection of our own heart with the heart of the cosmos, with the heart of Yeshua. Perhaps the great prophets, the great spiritual adepts, the outstanding sons and daughters of God are the ones who have more direct access to at least one, if not some of the other dimensions alluded to in quantum mechanics. The dimensions beyond our four are awesomely presented by Christopher Nolan in his new movie, Interstellar. Why stretch our minds around another dimension? Some even suggest a spatial dimension which, which mystics might offer as a spiraling inwardness. Says Nolan in the recent Wired magazine, if we can get our heads around the idea that time is just a fourth dimension, no more noble or abstract than the other three, then the fifth dimension reveals itself as the perch we have to climb onto to be able to actually view the four dimensions we know. A massive leap, but a leap we can almost conceive of. It feels like it should be possible, which lets us imagine a complete understanding of our four-dimensional existence rendered instantly by our new, higher dimensional perspective. Paraphrasing Oliver Wendell Holmes, Human beings' minds, once stretched by a new idea, never regain their original dimensions. We honor the place in all of us wherein the entire universe dwells. We honor the place in us which is of love and truth and light and of peace. With a deepening sense of joy for the miracle of the Yeshua birthing within each of our mystic hearts, we are one. Namaste. I want to add a coda to my talk. <laughs> this is becoming a habit with me. But that's okay. I remember most of it, right? So, but this is important. This is a beautiful one. The Magi came from the East. They had to have been Hindus. They had to have been Hindus. And I don't need to explain that. I just wanted to point that out and say that to me is very significant. Okay, I don't think I have anything else. <laughs> but I do. Let us see joy to the world. <laughs> Thank you.
Ya voy, voy. Thank you, all of you, for being here today. A blessed and happy Christmas time <coughs> to all of you, to your families, friends, sending out this extraordinary and wonderful energy of this morning with all of us to the whole world and beyond. Namaste. <laughs>